one thing about the human being is we are easily adaptable. Every country in the world is lagging behind in testing. We would all want to be way more than where we are at as a country. Science is the bedrock of development. Because the resources that we have cannot go across all the 17 million Zambians, so we have to prioritize who needs the testing and when. Hello and welcome to Africa Science Focus, the weekly program produced by SciDev.net, where journalists take you to the front lines of science and global development from across the continent. On this week's show, our reporters revisit the coronavirus pandemic to understand the impact it has had on public health and the innovations that have arisen due to it. I am Sally. Amutabi. Okay, so what are the current numbers that we're having, especially when it comes to the people that are infected with COVID-19 in our country? The ballpark numbers, if you look at uh, where the country is, we are just slightly over 13,000 cases. That's the cumulative cases that we've had nationwide. Mm -hmm. And this is after conducting more than 1,200, in fact, 1,300 tests. So we've done a lot of tests. And our active cases, meaning those that uh, are still either in the community or facility, are just slightly over 1,000. A small fraction of that, just slightly, over 10, uh, slightly below 10%, about 80, 90 patients are in the facilities. The remaining bit of about 900 patients are all in the community and are being managed in the community and we'll talk a little bit more about the home-based model or community-based um, care. We'll also do mention that as a country we have a very good recovery rate, at least thus far. We have over 11,899 recoveries to date. But that's not to say everyone recovers, we also do have mortalities and we're just uh, at 300 mortalities as of uh, the 10th. That was Dr. Paul Zulu, the current COVID-19 incident manager in Zambia, talking to SIDEV reporter Jubil Zulu. To date, the total number of cases for Zimbabwe, Mozambique, Malawi and Somalia all remain under 8,000. Tanzania has had 500 cases as has Rwanda. Kenya has recorded over 36,000 and Ethiopia has recorded the most with 64,000 confirmed cases. Are we lacking in terms of resources, uh, especially when it comes to the fight against uh, COVID-19? I wouldn't say we are lacking in terms of resources, mm -hmm. but as any country, we, we will always want to be way ahead than where we are at. Um, so in terms of human resource as a country, I think that's a known fact. Every African country, if you look at your uh, healthcare worker patient ratio or community ratio, we are way below where we would love to be. So that affects our quality of care. And we've gone around that by having the home-based model. So asymptomatic patients are managed at home, which reduces the burden of the healthcare workers and the health facilities, which is one thing. Yeah, so um, there's a lot that we need. Um, support for field work and other things of course is people talk of what you hear something called contact tracing where if someone is positive we send teams to follow up to try and see who came into contact and that's where we usually get most of our positives mm -hmm. 
that requires resources, human resources and of course financial resources and other things including vehicles and other things. The relatively low number of coronavirus cases in Africa has raised hopes that the continent may remain relatively untouched. However, the population must remain cautious. As we heard from Dr. Zulu, community testing is under-resourced, potentially distorting the figures. Reporter Ashmei Ba discovered that the pandemic has resulted in unexpected positive side effects. Uh, sure. My name is Victor Sisi, the Director of Technology and Innovation of the Ministry of Technical and Higher Education. In the sense, um, with all these innovations, it's um, pushing us towards the new normal, the, um, the new trend in the world. And um, for us as a ministry and for our institutions, this has pushed us and our institutions to go digital, digitizing our service delivery. So um, because of COVID, we've been able to um, even continue with lectures away from the university premises. And that is a very big, big thing for us. It's a very big plus in the sense that um, even um, we are now talking of assessment, digital way of assessing students and using other um, means of assessment rather than me seeing you face to face. How do we do learning from a distance? Our institutions that we are talking of distance education that they used to do hard copies of stuff, take them to remote areas, we are talking of, hey, no, why can't we even take it a step further where we can digitize all of this content and give to um, um, our recipients? Um, the, the COVID has accelerated all of our innovative plans. You can see you've witnessed where we have young innovators, even in the Tibet institutions, that de develop um, these, some of these Veronica buckets. You've seen one where the, um, we've had an innovator that put sensors and, um, and the buckets together such that it works with solar. And when the one that doesn't require power, you just do a foot pedal and then you get your um, um, soap that comes out in the form of detergent and you wash your hands. All of these ideas were there, but then because of COVID, say, hey, this is the right time. Let's go out there. And then the idea was welcome by all. Victor Sesei from Sierra Leone there discussing a hands-free station for washing. Ashemi wanted to find out more about the machine's design, so went in search of its creator, Joseph Kala. There is no need for you to use your hands uh, to open the tap in order for you to wash your, 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 your hands because we already know that the virus can also be transferred through the hands so the first thing that I did, I, I find uh, these uh, jerry cans. I, I also went ahead to, to find a 12-volt a pump. Uh, some of these pumps that are working in this cars. Then uh, I, I also find a, a pedal which can send signal to uh, the, the pump. You know, from then I, I find a, uh, these uh, spoiled uh, um, UPS and of course I removed the engine that is within the UPS then I made use of the battery that is within it then of course I gave it a very little uh, transformer that can charge the battery you know after complete completing the circuit then of course I, I, I gave each and every component a socket which can clearly uh, allow you to mantle and uh, to dismantle it as soon as you're done with it. 
So that, that's how I came about um, developing it. Joseph says the biggest hurdle in mass producing his invention is lack of funding, which is why he has recently teamed up with the private company Sagemcom. Some sectors are unable to obtain private funding. Ashemi returned to Victor SSA to determine how the government intends to support future research and development in those fields. One of the barriers to innovation in Africa has been funding. Um, as, a, as a ministry that is responsible for science and technology, what is government's funding towards innovation? We have realigned. We have realigned such that, um, as I speak to you now, our teacher training colleges are in the process of developing a learning ma management system for all the six teacher training colleges. We are now talking of how to build the capacity of our institutions, continuous professional development for them to now to even digitize their course materials. And um, for our students, in fact, they are even <clears throat> steps ahead of us. They are now beginning to see even their cell phones as something far more useful than just for social media. It's now a working tool. We are moving towards uh, enabling distance education, so there is a lot of fun to our development partners going into the teacher training colleges, going to the universities. Now we have um, campus management systems. Where I don't need to come and buy a form anymore, from anywhere. All I need to do is get the pin from the bank. I sit in the comfort of my room. I can apply and um, that can be processed by um, the registry of the different institutions. I don't necessarily need to be in the office to do that. I can be at home. What I need is internet connection, and um, that's fine. As a ministry, we have even landed fiber in our office as we speak, just because we know that our platforms that we're dealing with now is all online, cloud-based. In the past, you will get some little bit of resistance in terms of funding, and doing all of that because there are other competing priorities. But as it is now, we know that this is the way. As we heard, Victor thinks the pandemic has modernized education, making more use of the technology available in the 21st century. Reporter Harrison Lewis spoke to teaching and learning expert Pippa Gilbert to understand why digitizing education is so important. The obvious answer for us is that by taking education online, we're still able to allow uh, for progress within our students. And that's what we're here for. We're, as teachers, we're here to educate and to help our students learn, to engage with their learning um, and to flourish and to collaborate. And that's, you know, you're saying about education, but also teachers provide a level of support. And what you're trying to do is during the lockdown, during the COVID pandemic is provide that support as well, even when uh, students can't come into school. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm talking from an academic teaching and learn pers learning perspective, but the importance of keeping communication with students going to support their well-being, their mental health um, during that period of lockdown was absolutely fundamental. Will we see this kind of learning continue af after the pandemic or as it diminishes? I hope so. One of the advantages, for example, of digitizing education is a huge environmental gain with the resources that you're no longer having to print um, and to generate for students. The other 
brilliant aspect to it is it's it's accessible it's incredibly accessible so if anybody's not able to make it in for whatever concerning reasons they can still get a hold of what they need to learn Mm, and the speed with which that's able to happen as well um every student is still able to make the same learning gains, whether or not they are isolating um, at home or in the classroom. Head of Teaching and Learning from Putney High School, London, Pippa Gilbert. Fatmata Kaiwa, Director of Science Education in the Ministry of Technical and Higher Education, believes the new steps to modernise teaching could make learning accessible to those in the most rural parts of Sierra Leone. Well, we know that um, particularly we or Africa as a whole, we don't have a choice. We have to join the technology that is on, 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 on the way now. And recently, about two days ago, we had a meeting on uh, trying to form an education forum where we will look at the holistic review of our curriculum and even the way they teach in our schools. When once we are able to complete that, then we are going to have a new upholding of our schooling system to make sure that we are not only going to school to have certificates, but we are actually going there to come up and be enhanced and enabled product for society. We, we, we see that we are hoping that this will continue even after COVID, that that is actually an alternative way of learning. We are talking more of distant learning, and if we decide to go digital, and provide all these platforms, not necessarily face-to-face. I think that will actually give another alternative where learning can take place without being face-to-face with the teacher or even sitting in the classroom. Ashemi Ba, finishing our report for today. Perhaps global lockdowns will lead to more accessible learning for all. Have you got a question on development, health or science? You can easily get in touch with us by texting our WhatsApp number plus 254-799-042-513. We'll find a suitable expert to answer your question. What are you waiting for? You can subscribe to our program, download episodes and leave a review at www.sidev.net. I'm Sally Amutabi. See you next Wednesday. This program was funded by the European Journalism Centre through the European Development Journalism Grant Program with support from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation.